hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hello, Courier Nation. Welcome back for another week. And this week, we want to ask this question. Is Uber Eats a good delivery option for independent contractors doing delivery in the gig economy? You know, we've been looking at each of the four major companies and examining the pros and cons of each one. I'm doing kind of a series. It's not really a series because it's not a serial week by week. Uh, There have been a few weeks between each of the episodes. In episode 33, we looked at Grubhub. In episode 35, or I'm sorry, 33, we looked at Postmates. 35 was Grubhub, and episode 38 was DoorDash. It's been about six weeks now, and I figured it's finally time to go ahead and do Uber Eats. I've been dragging my feet a little bit on this one because they're rolling out a new pay model and even a new way of doing a couple of things on their app. And uh, so I was waiting just to see, you know, get let it get rolled out here. And that way I could do the episode based on that rather than doing it on old information, right? And you know what? It was long enough. It was long enough. I waited and I finally said, you know what? Screw it. I'm done waiting. Let's go ahead and do that. So last week I committed to doing Uber Eats for this week. Now I get the announcement that they are rolling out in my market, but the uh, it's not happening until next week sometime. So, but that's okay, you know, because there's there's a lot of changes going on that are going to happen, and some of them are, are very fundamental. We'll talk about a little bit about that, but there are also some things that, you know, what folks, Uber Eats is Uber Eats. They are who they are. That's not going to change with a new model. That's not going to change with some of the new things that they're doing. Uh, There are some improvements in what they're doing. There are some drawbacks in what they're doing. Um, But ultimately, Uber Eats is who they are, and that stuff's going to remain the same. So I think it makes it worth going ahead and doing this episode. And so we're going to talk talk about uh, the same questions that we asked about each of the other companies in the previous episodes that I mentioned. And it's these five questions. How well do they pay? How does their app work? What are their deliveries like? What's it like doing deliveries for them? How well do they respect the independent contractor relationship? And what's their support like? And then I'll wrap up the series with a final episode. You know, eventually here in a couple of weeks, we'll do something where we talk about each of these questions, but we're going to do it more of as a comparison of all four. We'll talk about all four at the same time and see who seems to kind of raise to the top or whatever. So let's go ahead and dive into that first question then. What is the pay like with Uber Eats? Eh, Folks, it's not that great, at least not in my experience. There are times where they're good. There's times that there's not. Now, the funny thing is, though, let's look at we're going to look at three aspects of pay. There is the base pay. There is tipping. And then there are the incentives, the extras that they do. And uh, bottom line, folks, is Uber Eats is actually better than anybody else in two of the three. but It's the tipping that's not so great. Anyway, let's talk about the base pay. Now, Uber Eats right now, they base their delivery fee, uh, their, you know, whatever their delivery fee is before the tip and outside of the incentives is based on, in most markets, four factors. Now, in some markets, I'm not sure if they ever did roll out the time aspect, but basically there's a drop-off fee 
there's a pickup fee, there's a mileage fee, and then there is a time fee. And uh, all of those things are used to calculate how much you get delivered. And they were probably the best at anybody for uh, transparency because you could take a look at a delivery and you could say, okay, this was four miles, this took 15 minutes, and uh, I know what my fee is going to be. And which was great, I think. Um, They're changing that, of course. But, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is I think most people who deliver for a lot of different apps, they've got the impression that the base pay is lower with Uber Eats than it is with anybody else. And I think that's mostly because the total pay ends up being lower. And I think that's because when you do, especially with DoorDash and Grubhub, your pay is your pay and that includes the tip. And when the tipping is better on those others, it makes the overall pay look better. Uh, But what I have found is when I calculate a delivery that I do for Grubhub or DoorDash or even Postmates, and then I run those numbers against post uh, uh, Uber Eats, I'm finding on the average that Uber Eats is paying about 30% better. That's a pretty significant difference. I think they have to because of the tipping issue, but we'll get into that. Now, of course, this is going to be changing because they're rolling out a new pay structure. They've already got it out in some places. And I really recommend that you look up the app lifestyle on YouTube. If you listen to us on uh, episode 41, Elijah Blau from the app lifestyle joined us to talk about finances for delivery contractors, but he also did a couple of good videos talking, kind of comparing the old pay and the new pay structure. And he found a lot of deliveries where he had the screenshots of his uh, pay summary uh, on deliveries that were like the same distance, the same time. Uh, so all of the things were about the same, but comparing what the new model was to the old model And surprise, surprise, folks, it's a pay cut. And uh, I expect that to be the same here. But um, let me just pull up what they said on this. Now, one thing I respect about them is when they announced this new model, they didn't try to spin it as improved pay like everybody else does. I don't know if you remember DoorDash and Grubhub when they rolled out and they said, we are improving the way you're getting paid. Well, what what a bunch of bull crap because... They didn't improve anything for us. The improvements were for them. Now, Uber Eats, they said, hey, we're updating your delivery fares. It's a little more straightforward. And we're introducing an improved trip experience. And I think they're really doing that. So, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, here's what they're doing is they're changing it now where they're going to say, and they, they, they make it very clear, we're giving you a lower base fare. And the base fare is still supposed to be based on time, distance, pickup, and drop-off. But I don't think they're giving us a formula anymore on how they are calculating that. They're just saying it's lower, but they're taking away the transparency to everything that I understand. Now, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Because I think that's one thing that made Uber Eats better than everybody else was that transparency. But what they're doing then is they're adding on a trip supplement. Now, this trip supplement is very much like the desirability that I think uh, DoorDash is using. And that is just kind of more of an arbitrary extra amount that they're adding. Now, uh, DoorDash, they're just including that as an element in their base fare, again, with no transparency. Transparency is kind of going the way of the dinosaur folks. But 
what this new component that you may see, and, and note the word may, as part of your earnings takes into account many factors such as low, lower base fares and total time and distance, including the time you spent traveling to the restaurant. And this helps make every trip worthwhile. Uh, DoorDash is taking over, folks. It just sounds like DoorDash, doesn't it? If your delivery is eligible for a trip supplement, again, if, you will see it in the trip receipt. And so on the lower base fares, they're saying, and drop off, uh, your base fares will be reduced in order to make room for the trip supplement. Here's the translation, folks. You're getting a pay cut, but uh, they're making it look like they're adding something, you know? So at least, but they're a little more upfront about how they do it than I think the others have been. So what they're going to do is they're going to give you a lower base fare, uh, and that's so that they can give you a trip supplement, but I'm going to guarantee that that trip supplement is not going to average out to what that reduction is in the base fares. In other words, we're getting a pay cut. And uh, you know what? Anytime there's a new pay model coming out, just understand that's translation for you're getting a pay cut. So that's what they are doing with the new pay structure. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I do think that there are some things that they're doing that are going to offset some of that, you know, and, and may actually make Uber Eats more profitable. That's kind of the bottom line on the base pay. What about tipping? Tipping's the big problem with Uber Eats, and it's a real problem. Tips are so bad that they've got to pay out more in base and incentives to be competitive for driver pay, to, to get the drivers to pay them. And I think that's a bil- hurting their ability to be profitable because they have so much more they got to pay than everybody else. Now, they had an option that they put out a year ago to uh, where people could now tip when they place the order because before that, they could only tip after the order was completed. And actually, before that, they couldn't even tip in the app. So you see that kind of progression is part of the problem with that, you know? I thought that adding that option to tip was going to really increase tips from Uber Eats. And... Um, I haven't seen it, folks. I, you know, I think I was just plain wrong. I think I overestimated what a difference that was going to make. And I think I underestimated that tipping culture or that non-tipping culture that Uber had cultivated. You know, back when they did rideshare or back from the rideshare days, they made this claim that you don't need to tip your drivers because we pay our drivers well enough. And that was part of how they tried to compete with the cab companies, you know, and They've changed that some. They've they've uh, kind of moved from discouraging to allowing to actually starting to encourage tips. But I think that they've established that in the mindset of their customer base enough. It's just going to take a while for that to get better. So tipping, <clears throat> it's just not good. Here's the deal, folks. I get more than half of my money from tips on Grubhub, on DoorDash, and even on Postmates. Postmates does their tipping after the delivery, but Um, I would say maybe a fourth of the money that I get when doing Uber Eats is in tips. It is that big of a difference. So tipping is a problem. Let's talk about incentives. Now, my experience, this is where they're the king, you know, and that they have to be because they've got to pay extra to get drivers out there. And, um, and, and the other problem is, is since they can't regulate when drivers in, they don't have a schedule component. What they've got to do is uh, they kind of throw some extra money out at certain times to get more people to come in and drive. And so they do these incentives 
Um, times when they don't think they're going to have enough drivers, they'll do an incentive to try and get them out. And they do a lot of different things. Now they've done some, like you do so many consecutive deliveries, we'll give you a bonus. Uh, they have done uh, in a few places, I don't think it was real common, but they used to have a uh, per hour minimum and it went as high as $24 an hour. And that was before the tips were thrown in. And I've had times where I had a real good quest on top of the $24 an hour minimum on top of tips. And it was hitting like $40 an hour on some Sunday nights, which was awesome. Now, eventually, surprise, surprise, it went away. But their go-to incentives have been quests and blitzes. And a blitz is, they give you a multiplier. So it might be 1.1, it might be 1.5. So if your fare is, if your delivery fee is usually going to be $4, a 1.5 multiplier means you're getting $6. You see what I mean there? And they usually schedule those based on the times they think are going to be busy or the parts of the parts of town that they think are going to be busy. Now, Quest is if you complete so many deliveries, you get a bonus. So for example, right now I'm in the middle of one I'm not going to make it because it doesn't pay enough to make it worth doing. But uh, if I complete 10 deliveries today, I can get $6. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, 60 cents a delivery. Sometimes those quests are more like two, $3 a delivery or something. And, um, you know, when they're like that, it's worth doing because that's, you know, that can be six, seven, $8 an hour extra that you're making. That can be really significant, but you know, they do these things to get people out. They will also do some surges, which is like in a specific area that is super busy. This is something they can do a little more easily on the fly. And they'll add 50 cents or a dollar or $2 or whatever per delivery. And I don't know whether you would call that trip supplement. I was thinking of calling it a a promotion or an incentive, but they do not list it in the incentives. They really kind of list that as part of the base. So I'm not going to call it that, but that is an extra thing that they can adjust to try and make an order more. It's like the desirability thing that DoorDash uses. Now under the new pay model, I kind of expect that you're going to see surges go down and the uh, trip supplement will kind of take over for that. I think that they're going to have to rely a little more on incentives because they are dropping pay some. And, uh, but I don't know, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think they're trying to get closer to having the same kind of base pay as everybody else. But the problem that they have is their tips don't keep up with their competitions. And so they're not competitive when they rely on just that same kind of pay. Now, if they can improve tips, they might be in a better place, but here's the deal. Uber pays a lot more out of pocket than anybody else. And I think that's part of why they're losing a lot of money as a company and other companies, they don't have to pay out as much in base or in incentives to get their drivers to go out and deliver for them. One thing that I'll throw in is they've got kind of a crazy thing that they call a commission. Uh, basically what happens is they pay you and then they take a third of it back. So part of this has to do with they're trying to create this image that they're not a delivery company. And you hear them actually saying that, uh, especially with AB5, because um, the problem is, is if you're hiring delivery people as a delivery company, that means you got to hire them as employees now under AB5 and in some other places. But what they're saying is we're just connecting drivers. We're a technology company that is in the business of uh, connecting people that do do delivery with the customers. And we're the middleman. 
And so what we're doing then is we give you, we take a commission out of that. That's what that whole commission thing is in their pay structure. The problem they have with that though is delivery fees don't line up with what the customers pay. And that's a problem. But uh, like I said, I'm getting about $5 an hour less overall with Uber Eats and with any of the others. I think that's going to be a problem. And a lot of it comes down to the tipping. So our next question that we're going to get into is what about the app? What is it like? And with each company, we've looked at two questions. And one is the information that the app provides. And the other one is how well does it work? So let's talk about the Uber Eats app. Now, let me just say, as far as the information goes, the information is horrible. I, it's not even close to anybody else. About all you get when you get a delivery offer right now, under the old model, you know, it's the old model for some people, and some of them are already under the new structure, but about all you get is how many minutes away it is, and you can see a picture on the map that shows where it is. You don't know where the drop-off is. You don't know if there's a, you know, when the customer's supposed to get the food. You don't know if the food is late. You don't know anything except for roughly what part of town the restaurant is. You don't even know who the restaurant is. And that kind of thing, it makes it impossible to make good business decisions. And that's why I hardly ever do Uber Eats. I mean, they are, I think if they're 2% of what I do, I think 2% is high. But it's, you know, here's the funny thing is they made a big deal about a year ago about coming out with a new app. They did a big present re, uh, reveal presentation. You know, I think they tried to play it up kind of like an Apple product launch. They said, we're building it from the ground up. All it is is the same app. It's just got a new look. You know, it's got a different skin. And that's about it. There's hardly any other information. They didn't change what they were giving us. Now, under the new pay structure, this is one thing that's going to be changing. And it's, a, I think, a, a good thing under the new structure. It, this is the part where they say they're improving the, the delivery experience. And I believe they really will be with this. Because what they're going to be doing is they're going to be showing a map. They're adding three things that they never had before. One is a map that shows the drop-off location. So you know where the delivery is going. Two is they're going to display the restaurant name so you know where you're picking up. And uh, you know that, I mean, is it the steakhouse or is it the McDonald's next door? And that can make a big difference on whether or not that's going to be a good delivery, right? And the third thing that they're doing is they're giving you kind of a minimum of what you can learn, earn. DoorDash, anybody? You know, it's it's better information. Now, there's another issue that's kind of kind of tamp that down a little bit that I'll get into in a moment. But I think there's definitely going to be an improvement in what they're doing. They're still going to be, I think, trail behind everybody else, even with that change. But it is a step in the right direction. It definitely is going to make them more likely for me to use them because I need that information. I make decisions on deliveries on what kind of profit I think I can earn on that. And you can't do that with Uber Eats because of the lack of information. Now let's get into the function of the app. And I think there's one, uh, I think there's good and there's bad. And, uh, and I think the bad might be just an Android thing. Um, and it actually has to do with a feature that Android does have that iPhone doesn't have, but it creates a problem. Anyway, the function oh, overall, you know what the app works, you know, I, that that's the best that I can say is it works. It's simple to use. I think it's, uh, 
I do think that maybe when they made the change, they made a couple of things about switching back and forth, uh, getting information, things like that, a little bit easier, a little more intuitive. So I think that there were some improvements there, but they didn't really change much more than that. But I haven't had the kind of issues and the glitches and the outages that I've had with the others. Now, maybe that's because I don't use them as much, right? But um, overall, it works. And that's a good thing. I've got one huge beef with the app, though. And uh, this, I think, is an Android thing because I think it's a feature that is only available on Android. They use this thing that's an always-on-top setting. And, and what it is is that when an offer comes in, I can see why they did it this way. It looks good on paper, but when an offer comes in, you get the details pop up. You don't have to switch to the app. The details pop up and they give you the distance. They give you the option to accept or reject. The problem is, is that when it pops up, it doesn't show the map. You don't even know where the restaurant is. And that's why I'm kind of hesitant to say it's going to be as good of a change with the uh, with the new information with that map, because I'm figuring that that map's not showing up there either. You know, so some of that information they're adding is still not going to show up in that situation. And here's the problem with that, though, is that when that pops up, you don't have a way to go to the Uber app and then pull up the screen. You know, so you don't have a way to go and pull up that extra information. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything else on that phone until you either accept, you decline, or the offer times out. And uh, that's the problem with it is it locks it locks it out then at that point. And the other problem is you cannot log into the app until you've given that app the permission to do that always on thing. And, and that's a problem. Now, there's a workaround. Once you log in, once you go available, then you can go ahead and change the permissions. But then once you go unavailable you got to go back and change the permissions again to go back in, you know, so it's, it's a workaround, but it is cumbersome and it's really not worth it. So I don't know. You know what? I think there's, there's some okay things with it. I think as far as the information, it, it lags badly behind everybody. I think even under the new structure, it still lags behind. And there's that issue with that always on top thing that I think is going to create a problem. Okay. So what are deliveries like with Uber Eats? Now, one thing I like about them, I think is really good. I think it really sets them apart. Otherwise, it creates its issues too, is you can just log in, you know, at any time you want, you can just go available and anytime you want, you can go off. You don't have to worry about scheduling. You don't have to worry about blocks. You can just, you go out and you deliver when you want to go out and deliver. It's awesome for just straight, pure flexibility. I think there's a drawback to that because there's no mechanism for them to regulate how many drivers are logged on. If everybody else wants to go out and deliver and log in, they do that. And and it makes it too easy for you to have way too many drivers out there for the orders. And that can create some long, long waits between orders. And that is a real problem. And, uh, but you know, so I guess you got your trade-offs there. Now, when it comes to efficiency, I think the biggest issue here is the lack of information. And what I mean is with everybody else, I can kind of manage my own efficiency. You know, I can accept orders or reject orders because of how efficient they are or whether they're going to be kind of a time suck, you know? And so when things are busy, I do see that, you know, Uber Eats probably does better than anybody else. 
at uh, finding those orders that are right by you. I mean, when things are really, really busy, you just, boom, as soon as you drop off, you've got an order right by you. And they're really good at that, better than anybody else in that regard. And uh, But I think when it comes to that, not having that information, that takes away from it. And maybe that'll improve a little bit with, uh, with the new changes. Um, but at the same time, they can still get kind of crazy about throwing you offers 20 minutes or more away. I don't, I don't think I mind that so much because if you, you, if you reject, it's usually, I mean, sometimes it's just rapid fire the orders, you know, you reject and there's an order right away. And so at least when things are busy enough, that's not as big of an issue. Wait times at the restaurants, they can be an issue, but um, the problem is you've got no idea when an order is supposed to be delivered. And uh, so you don't know what kind of weight you might have at the restaurant. You don't have any of that kind of information. And that is not changing under the new structure. And so what makes this challenging, though, is you get into a long, situ- long wait situation with everybody else. You know that, OK, this might pay well enough to make it worth waiting. You don't know that with Uber Eats. And uh, maybe that might improve a little bit. I don't know. But uh, when it comes to multiple orders, now for the most part, I would say that their structure and, and without knowing stuff, they don't pay well enough to make it worth accepting multiple orders um, because uh, too often, you know, what they do is they, they don't pay you really an additional for these offers and you just you spend more time and especially going opposite directions, you have more of an opportunity of just having upset customers when you do it. And if you get too many thumbs down, you can lose your ability to drive. So with multiple orders, I, they're really not as good, I think, as anybody else in that area. They're a really bad option if you're doing multi-apping, if you're doing deliveries with everybody else. And some of that has to do with that information thing, not knowing where the delivery is going. You've got to know that stuff when you're doing a, uh, deliveries with multiple companies. Uh, that always-on feature is going to keep them from being much of an improvement, even if they're giving you the maps, you know. And so for for multi-apping, they really, they just don't fit in that well, I don't think. So our next question, do they respect the independent contractor relationship? Honestly, I think this may be one area where they really step out above everybody else. And I don't know that it's so much they respect the relationship as they're afraid of being ruled that we're employees. They're really afraid. They do more to avoid that ruling than anything else. Like I mentioned the uh, the commission thing as being part of that. And I had a conversation from somebody from their corporate office that they mentioned that they considered a mentor driving program where a new driver could could choose if they wanted to, to do ride-alongs with an experienced driver just to get a feel. Well, she said their lawyer shot that down in a heartbeat because that indicated training, which is something that would indicate an employee relationship. She also said that's why they don't do the logoed bags and the logoed shirts anymore, because they don't want anything that could be used in any way, shape, or form to make it look like they're hiring employees. And I think as a result of that fear, I also don't feel the pressure from Uber Eats and a lot of things that DoorDash and Grubhub in particular will do. Uh, I don't see them doing trying to manipulate you or trying to force you to accept so many orders. You know, if they do anything, it is more about incentives through their promotions and things like that. Uh, 
you know, they, uh, they don't put you into scheduling. You've got more freedom to log in and out. And I think that sets them apart. And I think that is probably closer to a true independent contractor relationship with Uber Eats than anybody else. Now, I do see a couple of issues uh, that come to mind. One is you've got to maintain a certain level of uh, customer satisfaction. And I get that. But the problem is there's too much that's out of your control. And especially when it comes to, let's say, late orders or different things like that, that uh, um, those are the things that can really get you a thumbs down. And if you don't know that's a case or you're waiting at the restaurant, and you can't cust- you can't contact the customer to kind of manage expectations or give them a warning. You know, you're you're screwed there. And uh, the other issue, I think, it comes around to that lack of information. Something that you know is kind of changing a little bit, but where you know, here's where I really saw that as a problem, and it kind of tied into that customer satisfaction thing. But it well, it tied into something else too. When I, you know, was doing bike deliveries, I quit doing it on Uber. And a lot of it had to do was, you know, part of it was not knowing where you're going. And their algorithm, though, for bikes is horrible. And it's a different story altogether. But they'll send you on deliveries that are, you know, seven miles away. And you're you're on your bike. It's like they forgot. And this is an account that is just for bikes. But especially when you don't know until you pick up. And then you pick up and you see that it's seven miles away. They've got no way to get the order reassigned. And the problem is, though, that if you cancel too many orders after you've picked up, that can lose your ability to drive. And it is uh, they're not giving you the information, but you could lose your ability to drive for them as a result of it. And that's the thing that I don't think should be included as part of the independent contractor relationship. I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest issue I see. But generally, as a rule, I think they're a lot better with that respecting the independent contractor relationship than anybody else, because I think they're afraid of what could happen if they don't. Well, our last question is, what is their support like? I think there's an area where they stand out uh, well above everybody else. And then with the other parts where they're just kind of like back in the middle of the pack. The big thing that I think they've gotten their advantage is their green light hubs. They've got these green light hubs. They're set up more to support the uh, ride share, but you can take care of Uber Eats issues as well there. And that is like a hub where you can go in, you can actually talk to a live person. You can't do that very easily with anybody else, not even with Grubhub. They've got a driver specialist, but his accessibility or her accessibility is usually very limited. And so that is, I think, a very positive. And when it comes to on-delivery support, folks are about like everybody else. You know, it's horrible. Uh, you just got to understand when you're doing deliveries, there is no such thing as support, Okay. You can do calls, but uh, it's all farmed out to an overseas call center. Usually they don't understand what it is we're doing. They don't have the training. They don't have the authority to act. And it's like I've done with, you know, those, uh, the bike deliveries when they're sending me out seven miles. And I figure, okay, if I call in instead of just cancel, then they can fix it. And then there's not this issue. Well, they don't have any way to reassign it. They don't have any way to do anything so that it could be left with the restaurant for another driver. Essentially, you get in that situation, you need to cancel. It just cancels the order. That's that's about it. And so they're not given the option to be able to do anything. I don't think that's any worse than anybody else. It's just not any better than anybody else. And you're on your own. You got to figure it out yourself. Now, I do think that maybe their need for support tends to be a little less than I find with others. 
Or maybe it's just that since I do so little with them, I just don't notice it as much, you know? Let's be honest there. Overall, here's the deal with Uber Eats for me. The bottom line is because the tipping is so bad and the payouts are that bad and the lack of information, I hardly ever do any Uber Eats deliveries anymore. Like I said, there may be 2% of what I do, if that. That's not much at all. And it's just essentially it's not worth it right now. Under the new structure, with a little more information, a little more ability to make an informed decision on whether to accept a delivery, I may end up doing more. Uh, That's going to be interesting to see. Those changes have potential to change it, but they're also reducing the base pay as part of the deal. So they're taking away an advantage to try and get better in a different area. I can see them maybe kind of getting moved up to a little bit about you know where Postmates is, where they're kind of a, a distant third for me right now. But here's the deal. Until they fix the tipping, they're just going to struggle, I think. They're never going to be as attractive to drivers. Uh, they're not going to be as attractive to me anyway. And here's the, the thing that they're going to end up having to do because the tipping is so bad is they have to continue to be at a competitive disadvantage by paying more to get enough drivers out there to get their job done or else somehow they got to figure out how to get their customers to tip more. And, you know, with everybody else, like I said, I make more in tips than I do in the delivery fees. And I make about a third in tips with Uber Eats what I get in the fees. That's a huge difference. Now, providing more information will make me more likely to consider them, but that's only if I can get to that information because of that always on top thing. But at the same time, they're going downhill too. They're getting to be like everybody else. They're taking away transparency. They're reducing their pays and you can't calculate what they're doing. And you can bet that the trip supplement is going to be less than what that pay reduction is. And uh, so... I think the bottom line is I could see them becoming a little more viable as an option because of that pay increase, or not the pay increase, because of the additional information, but payouts, I'm not sure, are going to be much better. Well, folks, that's going to about do it for today. I want to thank you again for uh, joining us this week. And uh, in the meantime, if you want more information, more ideas, uh, some of the different things, you can go over to EntreeCourier.com. And there we will also have a uh, companion page that will have, it's not quite a transcript, but mostly the same information written out if you prefer to read. You can go uh, visit us on Twitter or on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Look for Entree Courier. And folks, if I'm providing any kind of good information for you, am I helping you out? Because if I am, could you share us? Could you spread the news? Could you let people know? Could you leave a review wherever you get your podcasts? Because that kind of stuff helps us get found. And if we can get found, we can help more people take control of their delivery business. But in the meantime, folks, let me ask this one last thing in parting. And that is, please, whatever you do, go out there and just take control take control of your earnings, your career, your business. Uh, Don't let these companies push around or any of that stuff, but you go out there, take control and be the boss.